Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to The Late Show. I'm your host, Stephen Colbert. And ladies and gentlemen... You can hear that right in this room right now. You are stoked. I am stoked because today the U.S. played a run in the World Cup. It was win or go home, and we won, baby! (laughs) Wait, sorry. Sorry. It's soccer. I forgot. Hold on one second. It was a tense and thrilling match with Captain America, Christian Pulisic, getting the cross, and boom! USA scores! Biggie goal, Biggie fry! Now, with this win, the U.S. team is moving on to the round of 16, where this Saturday they will face off against the Netherlands. Oh, we can take the Dutch. We can take the Dutch. I assume they play in clogs. (laughs) President Biden got the good news after a speaking event in Michigan. And Joe was so pumped, he got back up on that stage to share the news. U.S. won the Rand Zero game number. USA, USA. That's a big game, man. When I spoke to the coach and the players, I said, you can do this. They went, ah, oh, they're going to... They did it. God love them. Heck Yeah. Heck yeah, God love you, you did it. Pop Joe, so proud of you kids. I got a whole tray of orange slices in the trunk of my Buick. Hop in. Going to Pizza Hut, come on. You know, I almost met Pele once. (laughs) So, U.S. men move on, which is great news for U.S. soccer fans. They get to stay in Qatar and enjoy all the magic. The mascots, the national anthems, and of course, the we will jail you if you kiss cam. Moving on to less important contests, uh, the midterms. Yes, they're they're still grinding on because yesterday, a Republican-controlled county in Arizona refused to certify the 2022 election and missed the state's deadline for filing results on Monday. Okay, that's not good. But to be fair, who makes a deadline on the Monday after Thanksgiving? (laughs) The only thing anyone should be doing that day is Googling how long is turkey good in the fridge... And then ignoring the answer. (laughs) Four days, really? That's for amateurs, okay? It's good until you can smell it with the refrigerator door closed. (laughs) And then you make a tangy soup. (laughs) The state has sued these supervisors to make them do their jobs, but if that does not work, and this is true, all the votes in those Republican-majority counties will be excluded, and as a result, a U.S. House seat and a state schools chief would flip from Republican to a Democrat. (laughs) Oh... Oh, oh, you darling dummies. 
I'm surprised you love the Second Amendment so much because you keep shooting yourself in the foot. <laughs> of course, no story about ignoring the will of the voters and flirting with autocracy is complete without former president Mountain Douche. <laughs> the ex-pres, he's not happy that his pick for Arizona governor lost, so yesterday he wrote, Carrie Lake should be installed as governor of Arizona. First of all, no, she shouldn't. She lost. Second, installed? <laughs> she's not an HVAC system. <laughs> Although I understand the confusion, she always looks like she's photographed through an air filter. <laughs> but maybe, maybe, old President Crazy Pants is just saying that to get everyone to stop talking about his recent dinner with Ye and white nationalist Holocaust denier Nick Fuentes. See, he ate dinner with both of those creeps. It's his most upsetting meal since every other meal. <laughs> this dinner has been the last straw for many loyal Republicans, including the former vice president, who came dangerously close to saying something negative about his old boss. President Trump was wrong uh, uh, to give uh, a white nationalist, uh, um, an anti-Semite, and a Holocaust denier a seat at the table. With that being said, as I point out in the book as well, I, I, I don't believe Donald Trump is an anti-Semite. I don't believe he's a racist or a bigot. He can't be a racist. He also wanted to kill me, a person lacking all color. <laughs> I am a manila envelope taped to a beige wall. <laughs> Pence wasn't the only Republican trying to distance himself from the former president. Louisiana Senator Bill Cassidy tweeted, the former president hosting racist anti-Semites for dinner encourages other racist anti-Semites these attitudes are immoral and should not be entertained. This is not the Republican Party. Counterpoint, yes, it is. <laughs> I'll send you some links. Okay, this next portion of tonight's monologue, is this the uh, part? Okay, this contains uh, a small confession. Every night, we do a pretty long monologue out here. I think it's the latest, it's the longest monologue any of the late night guys do, 13, 14 minutes some nights. But sometimes we generate more monologue than we need for that night's show, so we just push it to the next day. Usually, none's the wiser, saves us a little work tomorrow, but occasionally, it bites us in the ass. And tonight is one such tush nibbler. Because <laughs> you might remember, uh, the really big story with yesterday was the protests in China in response to China's zero-COVID policy. A stark contrast to America's policy, everybody gets COVID. <laughs> and this isn't just people upset when they're politely asked to wear a mask in a Kroger. China's COVID rules are extreme. Businesses and schools are closed even if only a handful of cases are found. Lockdowns last until no new infections are reported. And as of just a few weeks ago, about a quarter of the population was under some form of lockdown. People were also getting locked down at work. Last month, Foxconn workers tried to flee a factory lockdown where there were horror stories about food shortages. And just last week, those same workers rioted because they weren't paid what they were promised for being forced to work during the lockdown. That is terrible. I can't believe that Foxconn factory had those conditions. What do they, what do they make at that factory? Let me just search for that real quick. <laughs> Siri, search for a phone that doesn't make me sad. Point is, I was going to talk about all that stuff last night. But we were a little tight on time, so we said, we'll just do it tomorrow. Those protests are the biggest since Tiananmen Square. It's not going away. Then this morning, it all went away. 
Because overnight, the Chinese government cracked down hard on the protests, with police patrolling the streets, checking cell phones, and even calling some demonstrators to warn them against a repeat. That is horrible. Authoritarian regimes, come on, it's 2022. Just text. <laughs> Over the weekend, Beijing, Beijing tried to bury information about the protests, in part by using their army of Twitter bots to spam the service with links to escort services and other adult offerings. One user said their social media feed was 50% porn, 50% protests. Okay. Go ahead, clap. <laughs> it does make me wonder what Chinese government-approved porn would look like. Hello, I'm a plumber, here to lay some pipe. Thanks to the bold leadership of President Xi, all the infrastructure of China is in perfect working order. Good day, comrade. Good day, patriot woman. Now that is a happy ending. For the people. <laughs> Staying overseas. I got off. Does it for me. Hi, Paul. Staying overseas, there's news from across the pond, and it's that two people from across the pond are crossing the pond. I'm talking about the prince and princess of Wales, William and Kate, seen here looking ridiculous. <laughs> Tomorrow, Old England will head to New England, where Boston is excited for a royal visit from William and Kate. Yes, in the words of a famous monarchy-loving Bostonian, the British are coming! Yippee! <laughs> the trip is William and Kate's first time in the U.S. in eight years. It's such a big deal, royal staffers are calling it their Super Bowl. Wow, they are really pandering to the Americans. This voyage is our Super Bowl, our Toyotathon, our Nathan's hot dog eating contest. And so we raise our big gulps brimming with Diet Cola and ranch dressing, Tom Hanks. <laughs> Upon that. <laughs> Upon their arrival, the prince and princess will be greeted by Mayor Michelle Wu. And Caroline Kennedy, and of course, Boston's royal couple, Mark Wahlberg and the Departed, and Mark Wahlberg and Ted. We got a great show for you tonight. Coming up, Sally Field. Are you ready for an all new season of Survivor? You better be, because Survivor 46 is here, and it's 90 minutes of twists and turns you don't want to miss. Better yet, after each episode, there's a brand new episode of On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. Each week, we go behind the scenes of the episode's biggest moments, taking you into the how and the why things happened. And this season, we're very lucky to be joined by an expert, the winner of Survivor 45, Devaya Daris. What is up? I'm thrilled to be joining this team and to be giving you my take on how and the why players made the moves they did what it takes to outwit, outplay, and outlast, and to ask Jeff some questions because even after 26 days out there, there is still a lot for me to uncover. Bring it, D. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, my first guest this evening is a beloved two-time Academy Award and three-time Emmy Award-winning actress you know from Forrest Gump, Lincoln, and hello, my name is Doris. Her new film is Spoiler Alert. A friend. Yeah, a friend. Just a friend. Yes, Mom, just a friend. 
What is going on here? Who, who is this guy? What's happening? Why is he still here? I don't understand you were acting so weird and you don't even look us in the face. You're acting so weird. He's my boyfriend, Mom. Your boyfriend? Yes. I'm... I'm gay. I'm gay too. I am also gay. Please welcome back to The Late Show, Sally Field. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's nice to have you back. Thank you so much. This is your third trip here to The Late Show. Yes, it is. We're always so pleased to have you here, and not just because the first two times you were here, we made out. And I'm not just bragging out of school here. We did it on camera. This wasn't backstage. Jim, prove it to the people. to see you. (laughs) Now, here's the thing. (laughs) Since you were last here, COVID has come and gone, and people are more cautious than they used to be. I've come and gone, I think. Like, whoa, did you see that (laughs) earlier photograph of me? Wow, okay, no, never mind. You look fantastic. (laughs) So I don't think... I don't think it's appropriate. Okay, good. Public health measures being what they are, we probably probably shouldn't make up. What what should we do? Should I just gaze lovingly at you, as I've done since I was a child? Since you were a child, and I, I wasn't and you were the a child. Man. I know. <laughs> uh, well, I don't know. Want to arm? Want to arm wrestle? <laughs> lovely to see. Lovely to see you. Again. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Now, I wish I could kiss you. Yeah. I was actually the time I did that the first time that you just saw. I went. I went back there and went. What have I done? What, what came over me? Who am I? It was wonderful. I loved every minute of it, but... Me too. <laughs> My wife was not thrilled, but <laughs> I got to say, what, what, do you, what am I... I can't say no to Sally Field. <laughs> you had She's no choice in it. Did you see I grabbed your head, of for course, God's sake? Of course. This year, what, something I just found out that I didn't know about you is... I know you're such an, uh, an accomplished and wonderful actress, but I didn't know you studied at uh, the Actors at Studio, studio. Oh, with yeah. Lee Strasberg. Oh, yeah. On the, uh, on the West Coast, and they moved out there. Oh, yeah. This is the 75th anniversary of the uh, founding yeah. of Actors yeah. Studio. Mm-hmm. People, the name gets thrown around a lot. Oh, yes, People don't does. necessarily understand what it is. Explain no, to the people what, what the Actors Studio is. How much time do we have? I mean, um, this is like... A, uh, 12 a, minutes. 12 minutes. Okay, so, at the very beginning, I, the, you can't just... You can't explain everything that is... But I do know this that most of the times when people banty around that term method, right. they have zero idea of, of really what it is or what the work is that Lee taught at the actor's studio. And you're going to say right now, well, then go ahead and tell us what it is. What is it? it I can't. I, you can't. <laughs> it took me like 10 years to understand what it was. And I'm just very... Well, how did you get involved it's, in it? It's a very... Well, um, I was doing The Flying Nun. And I was really... Uh, um... For those people who don't know what the flying nun was, can I explain <laughs> yeah, I know. that you've actually played a nun whose habit allowed her the superpower of flight? And nothing else needs to be explained. It was also... We also started shooting that show, just to give some context, in 1966, 67? Sure. And my whole genera- generation was running around naked and, and <laughs> eating granola and dropping acid. Sure. And, you know, changing the world. Yes. Uh, and I was a nun. 
and you were a flying nun, which I was, was clearly written nun, on acid. But what? I was. I had, pitch there was, was actually no as, acid yes. involved. Yes. It just was wires. Sure. Mm -hmm. Uh huh. Okay. Mm -hmm. Anyway, mm -hmm. and so uh, um, the, the woman I worked with, a great actress, and the flying nun, grabbed me and took me to the back of the soundstage and put a piece of paper in my hand because I was really depressed. And I gained 20 pounds in two hours. So you could just see that this girl was not going to make it. Depressed she, about having to play a flying nun. Yes, I, okay. just, I wanted to be running around like the rest of them. Yeah. Or I thought I did. Sure. Yeah. I thought I did. But anyway, mm -hmm. and she said, be there Wednesday night. I'll meet you there. Show up. And it was to the actor's studio, and they had just moved there. So that was in 1966 you know, or 67. It was the first time I, I was there. So I was working at the actor's studio then early on with Lee, doing like the respectful prostitute by Sartre at night and doing the flying nun in the day. Oh, there you go. There you go. Yes. The virgin board dichotomy, as we say <laughs> know, in archetypal uh, psychology. I know, I so, know. who were who the other people? Like, were the people that we might know who were taking the classes at the same time oh, you yeah, were back that, in the day? They, yeah, I mean, Jack Nicholson was there a lot, but I don't remember him ever taking any classes. Let me think. <laughs> Just <laughs> hanging out? Just hanging out, yeah, and looking cool. And, Jal and Sally Kellerman was there a lot, and Ellen Burstyn was a moderator a lot, and Bruce Stern. And uh, uh, Richard Dreyfus would would drop in. It was just a bevy of a lot of of the newbies. We were like the the new tribe. And so when people say like some people complain about method uh, method acting, like yeah. uh, we had uh, Brian Cox Brian on here, Cox, who's yeah. talking all kinds of smack about methods, saying just yeah. act. Like what what, well, what how would you defend you know how would you defend the, the method the, to people I like work that? With Brian, he's a wonderful wonderful actor, but it's kind of the British way of doing things, mm -hmm. acting, and the American way of acting. I know mm -hmm. he's talking about Jeremy Strong, who I, from Succession, which is a fabulous show. Yes. I've also worked with Jeremy. And they're just two separate ways. I mean, when you look at the British, it's, you know, this, this whole stiff upper kind of, you know, vibe, even though they're, some of them are just extraordinary actors. But the, but the actor studio is very much about the interior, your your own existence. It's very munchy and emotional and get it. And the British are like, what are you doing? What are you doing? You know, just just act. Just well, learn this, the lines and show up. It, it is this is acting, folks. This is acting. But a, a lot of method got got the the bad word against them. It was which was really just actors who had no idea what they were doing. It was just bad behavior. And they oh, said okay. this is method. So and they gave it they, a bad name. Yeah, they just gave it a bad name. Well, I'm going to talk about your, your, your latest project, which is, it's coming out early next year, 80 for Brady. Oh, yeah. You star alongside Jane Fonda, uh -huh. Lily Tomlin, and Rita Moreno. And what for, here's, here, here you all, you lovelies are, <laughs> right there. And I assume alongside Tom Brady, because... Yeah. Tell, Tom. tell the folks what this is about. Well, they, well, come on, one one movie at a time. We were told, <laughs> that's coming out later. This one's coming out now. We're okay. getting the spoiler alert. I okay, promise you. Alert. Okay. Eighty for Brady. I don't want to well, force you to talk about me. anything you don't want to talk about. No, I want to talk we can about. Talk, this. No, we can talk about anything. No, I, like I refuse this. to listen. Now. I like sports. <laughs> is really why I did it. I mean, they never show... If I see older women in movies when it's just all about them kind of, let's just name names. It's all kind of like...
they need a date, you know, and I am not sure. looking for a date unless you're available, but your wife won't, wouldn't let that happen. <laughs> Never mm -hmm. mind. Um, so you're all sports fans. You I'm, all love I'm Brady. An, I'm a you personally per are a sports personally fan. Personally, I'm a sports fan. And this is about uh, four women. They're supposed to be in their 80s, and they wear jerseys that says 80 for Brady. Mine says 75 for, for Brady. <laughs> Was that in your contract? Yeah, I got new one. Ah, no, wait a minute. Um, and it's about them getting into that phenomenal Super Bowl game when, when Brady was like uh, um, amazing, was a magician. His Tampa and, Bay and, win. Yeah. Yeah. In in sixteen, I think it was. I don't know. And the, yeah, and uh, <laughs> and that's what it is. It's they have to get into this Super Bowl game and 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 watch. Does the Tom show. Brady act in the, that movie? Uh, yeah. Is he method? Is he very method? Oh. <laughs> He always stays in character as Tom he Brady. He was so method. You can't. We were like, when is this guy gonna just say the verbiage and get on with it? You know. <laughs> we have to take a quick break, uh, okay. but stick around. We'll be right back with more Sally Field, everybody. <laughs> MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts. All right, everybody, right there, sit down. Sit down. You don't get to leave. We got another, we got to do this thing. What are you doing, Sally? We're back with the star of the new film, spoiler alert, Sally Field. Um, your new film, as I said before, yes. is called Spoiler Alert. Right. Without too many spoilers, tell the people what that's about, if you don't mind. Um, well, it really is just about how hard it is to love someone for the duration. It's, it's hard. It's a, there's a lot of bumps, whether it's a parent to a child or partner to partner. It's, it's, it's hard. It's, it's a love story. And um, that ultimately is what it's about, and family, and um, riding some of those big bumps. And it's based on a true story? Yeah. And did you know the story before you went no, into it? No. Um, Michael Asiello's um, memoir, I did not. Mm -hmm. And I didn't read the memoirs even before or since, mm -hmm. because um, I, play his, uh, I play Kit's mother, his partner's mother, um, and they're lovely people. I understand they still are alive, which is great, but we never met them, Bill mm -hmm. Irwin and I, who plays the father. Um, and I just felt I had an allegiance to the text mm -hmm. over what really the memoir was, which is quite a bit bigger and longer. So I, I didn't meet them. And I just, I probably am inaccurate, but I hope they're not displeased. With your description of the movie? 
anything. Me in general. So you haven't read the book. Have you seen the film yet? Yes. Okay, go. So you know what I've happens. I've done that. Yeah, I know what happens. Not sure whether I was just catching you, not know what to talk about. <laughs> um, it's directed by Michael Showalter. Yes. Wonderfully, also did. Uh, Doris. Hello, my name is Doris. Hello, my name is yes. Doris. Which yes, is that's such a wonderful film. Yeah. Yeah. I, I and love the big sick. And yeah. the big set, and and he, he and 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 many things now. He's won uh, um, so many awards for the actresses that were ever involved. The Tammy Faye, and the the the, the big the big drop, which that big was. Big six. No, there, there was another one. So what was the series he just won? Never mind. We'll cut this um, part out. We'll cut this part out. <laughs> no, leave it in. Leave this. Part. Yeah. <laughs> this is the charming part. This is the good part. <laughs> uh, do you have a favorite film of your own? Do you like? Do you do you actually like? Some people won't watch their own work. Do you? I, you know, I don't think about it a lot. Um, someday I will, maybe when I'm on the porch drooling in a cup. You don't. You, <laughs> you don't. You don't. Wait. You don't think about your own films, or you don't watch no. your own films. No, I don't think about my own films mm -hmm. very much. No. Could I recommend some to you? Um, mm -hmm. Maybe. Okay. I'll send you some links. <laughs> Did you watch the Flying Nun? When it was on at yeah. the time, Did you oh watch my it? gosh, yes, I was like, oh my god, here it is. But I can't say it made me any happier. Oh. I can't say I was like. What were you doing? Well, you, you'd already done Gidget at that point, right? I had already done Gidget. Yes. yes. No, but that, like, before you did that, like, how old were you? Got that gig? Oh, I was seventeen. Wow. And what were you? What were you doing before that? Like, were you doing theater was, or were you just student? I was in high school. I was oh. a kid in high school. I was in the drama department. I almost didn't graduate because all I did was the drama department. I had to go to night school to get out of high school. Wow. Wow. I, om I almost didn't graduate also. Really? Why? Because yeah, I just didn't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> I was just, I just, I, I was like... You weren't in the drama department? I did some plays. I did Annie Get Your Gun and I did My Sister Eileen and stuff really? like that. But well, not until I was, not till I was a senior. Well, did you sing and dance what? in Annie Get Your Gun? <laughs> Yeah, um, um, there's a girl in Tennessee who's sorry she met up with me. Can't go back to Tennessee. I'm a bad, bad man. Do you know, do you know, <laughs> Frank Butler. Right. Frank my Butler. And my girlfriend, my great. girlfriend, Mackie Krawczyk, was Annie. It was great. Wow. Yeah, very romantic. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, and when did you start doing stand up? Did I never did stand up. Stand -up. You I never didn't. did stand up. I did improv never. for many improv. years. Yeah, I was okay. an improv. I mean, I studied yeah. theater. I yeah. studied, I did an undergraduate theater program at Northwestern, and then I did improv in Chicago. Wow. This is a fascinating interview it of is. me. Um, <laughs> I'm really loving this. I'm really, go ahead, ask me other things about I me, Sally Field. I am, I knew And then I got involved with Second City in Chicago, and then I knew a lot, I respect a lot of stand-ups, yeah. tremendously, because they put in the hours and the miles out yeah, on the road, yeah. but I would never call myself a stand-up because they earned that moniker, and I never did. It's such a different world between improv and stand-up. Right, improv is all, uh, you know, yeah. it's all cooperative, it's exactly. all collaborative. Yeah. yeah, it's all about, you know, yeah. mutual discovery. Yeah, I like yeah. improv in the work. Yeah. I've never done stand-up. Well, actually, I did well, a film about stand-up with, with Tom Hanks. It's called stand-up. Yeah, it's called... No, it wasn't. It was, what was it called? It was called Punchline. Punchline, sorry. With, with yes. Tom Hanks, yeah. Yes, yeah. Yeah, I was really dreadful. Not in the movie, just doing stand-up. I don't know. Maybe I was dreadful in the movie, too. I haven't watched it. I'll go back. I'll go back. I'll send you a link. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, you know, you got arrested with Jane Fonda. I did. On her uh, Climate Action Fridays yeah. down in D.C. <laughs> Speaking of when you're... Speaking of one of your little yeah, mates one my, right here. One of my friends. I, had, you I, been, had you been arrested before? Not that I can remember. <laughs> Did you have a wild period? Were you wild no, ever? No, I wasn't. I'm waiting for that to happen. Come on. 
You weren't ever wild? I was never wild. Not even I the was, smoking the bandit days? No, I was working always, always working. And I had kids. I was never wild. I'm just waiting for it. It's never I, it's, too late. It's never too late. It could be any minute now. Mm -hmm. You could come out of this theater and see me hanging on the light pole. Yep. <laughs> Free Basin Boniva. <laughs> Really, truly, <laughs> I need that. Trust well, me. don't we all? Don't we all? <laughs> Sally, just lovely to see you. Thank you so Thank much for you. being here. Thank it's you. always such a pleasure. Thank, Thank you. you. Spoiler alert is in select theaters this Friday and nationwide, December 9th. Sally Field, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert. Just one more thing: if you want to see more of me, come to the Late Show YouTube channel for more clips and exclusives. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts.